Welcome, everybody. We're back with Penny Kelly, part two of our recent conversation. And again, just beware, there might be a little hum in the background. She's sitting right on top of a massive vortex. So when she records, a lot of interviews at times, you may not notice notice anything at all this time. In our last conversation, we talked about what the way of life is in the future by way of the new human, the new human looks like, the new family structure uh, looks like children are brought into the world and raised by community. How goods are even um, not even manufactured are created. And so let's uh, welcome Penny back without further ado. Good to see you again. Yes, good to be here. <laughs> so let's continue our conversation with a, an intriguing topic you brought up before, which is somehow there is a, a template that's created in the field yeah. that materializes into solid goods. Now, this is, I think our, our interim step is 3D printing, of course, which we're already seeing, but let's talk about where that goes in the future. Yeah. So, um, I didn't understand how this worked in the beginning, but I do now. Um, when you, um, let's just make a blanket statement um, and people are just going to have to accept that that's true, okay? Because it is true. <laughs> um, you, me, everything, every physical piece of matter is really just a template of frequencies. If your frequencies are in one, you know, pattern, you'll be a human. If it's another pattern, you might be a dog or a tree, or, you know, a a computer. But um, that item is maintained in its physical form by the frequencies. And so, you know, what they have in the future, they have learned to manipulate or to create these pattern matrix uh, arrangements of frequencies, and when you hold those um, frequencies long enough, then a plasma forms, and then the plasma becomes actually physical material. It kind of follows on one of the things that I have learned in my own research in, you know, and I would be out of the body, and I'd be exploring somewhere, maybe somewhere that I didn't want to be seen, didn't want to be known. But what I discovered was that if you're out of the body long enough, then a a body begins to form around the consciousness wherever you put it. And that, you know, I got caught short a couple of times, um, you know, being becoming physical or becoming visible in places where I didn't want to be seen. And so, so just know that when you have a body of frequencies, those frequencies, every frequency carries in an intelligent consciousness, every frequency. And it has a certain 
set of capabilities that it, you know, it signals to the other frequencies. They're all listening to one another. Um, and so what we've learned to do in the future is assemble these frequencies with their intelligence and the plasma forms and then the physical material solidifies from that plasma. And, um, and that's how we manufacture things in the future. And that is how the earth begins to heal. And that is also how we begin to step away from needing a planet to survive with. Once you can, you know, assemble frequencies out of thin air, why do you need a planet? What is that for? So um, we have a long period of learning. And while we're learning to, uh, like, like assemble these frequencies using machine or using frequency generators is actually a better term, then what we're also learning at the level of consciousness, you know, this thing up here <laughs> um, is the center. Uh, it's actually the whole body is a center, but uh, the brain is really quite an amazing um, projection unit and receiver of frequencies. And um, we are learning to manifest or to make things happen and experimenting and exploring with this being the frequency generator and making things happen that we want to have happen healing, you know, and we're playing with some of that now, like, um, oh, I need a parking space, you know, let there be a parking space where I'm going. And, you know, and voila, there's a parking space right next to the front door. So um, we're just starting along that path. And, um, and there will be individuals who are amazing. They're already born, I think, who can manipulate frequencies and do some amazing things. And, and you know, the old people are just going to go, oh. <laughs> but um, the interest, you know, the, the message is if one person can do it, so can the rest. And maybe not all the same way or to the same extent, but to a huge degree. So we end up manufacturing or assembling frequencies that produce an amazing array of goods and services. When you get out there a couple thousand years, we are producing our food, high-density nutrition food, just in the palm of our hand. We have, we have a ways to go, um, but we're coming along, and those manifestation chambers are sort of early, early technological um, machines for the new paradigm. So I find that fascinating, and as I I, um, I alluded to a little bit ago to you, um, years ago, this is probably about thirty years ago. I had an experience where I was uh, taken into a regressive state, and it was regressing. He said, "Go back to a time when," and I ended up on board. I was a human being. I ended up on board a spaceship, and it wasn't an abduction. It seemed to be some kind of 
friendly collaboration. There was nothing frightening or scary about it. But the thing that really intrigued me was during that trip, what happened was um, I, they needed to, there was myself and this other person who had regressed me, and they needed to feed us. And what they did was exactly what you're talking about. Then they were manifesting fruit in this chamber. It went through a template that had to initially do with, I guess, intention that was programmed into That's it. I watched the class form. And in this case, there were apples. And I watched the apples form. And they were perfect, you know, perfect flavor and yeah. density. And later on, what happened, I was out with Stephen Greer on with one of his week-long groups. He does. They have classes during the day, their information. Yeah watch for you at night and he explained exactly the same thing that either uh, whether it was he or someone else who had been on board a ship had experienced so this is technology as far as i'm concerned that's very real and so right um, over those next couple thousand years we're still going to be growing our food and let's talk about the way food grown because it's just beautiful and then ultimately the integration of our our food supply our greenhouses with our very homes themselves and just take off what that looks like okay um in the future we do not have suburban neighborhoods with a bunch of isolated houses um and the houses uh, we actually went into one in the year 2400 24 between the, in that first 25 years of 2400 and it was all made of glass and these the glass panels um you know what it actually looked like um an igloo like you would see like we learned when we were little kids you know the inuit lived in igloos and there were these glass panels that were curved in the same way that an igloo um you know, snow <laughs> panel would be curved, or ice panel. I'm not sure how they make those. But um, the panel or the um, panels of glass were quite thick. There were probably eight layers of glass, and each layer was a distinct layer that had um, a certain capacity. So one was a layer that you know, routed electrical signals, or uh, that was how I thought of it. I'm not sure it was electricity now that I think back. One was a layer that um, kind of mirrored. You could see out, but people couldn't see in. Um, light could come in. One was actually a layer of light gathering technology. I'm not sure how they did that, but they gathered light from outside and they routed it into um, different rooms in, in these um, houses. And the house would be uh, like, uh, almost had the feeling of a hotel lobby, small, but very impersonal. And then there would be like eight or ten people would live in that house. And each one had a separate suite and the suite usually consisted of a, a bedroom, a sleeping room, and a, sort of a meditation room where they would hook themselves up to this technology and they would do stuff. Um, and then they would have a bathroom, and then they would have like a little bit of storage and stuff like that, um, and kind of a guest room, like if they had company. 
somebody came to visit. So the, um, the bathrooms were amazing. They were, I, I wanted one. I mean, I just, <laughs> we walked in and I was like, I want this. <laughs> it was, yeah. What their function was like. Um, it was called the healing room. It wasn't called the bathroom. Um, there was a pool of water in the middle of the floor with a little bit of a waterfall coming down at all times. At all times. The room was perfectly temperature and humidity controlled. Um, there, there was mirrored glass uh, most of the way around it. And, and I remember having the impression that you know, those people must be really vain because they had so much mirroring, mirrored glass or mirrors. And, I, and the little men in brown robes actually said to me, no, no. I mean, they would read my mind. And they said, no, you have not learned yet that you are responsible for maintaining your physical body. If you're not looking at the entire body every day, then something's going to go down. It's just like if you get in your car every day and drive it down the road and you never look under the hood and you never check anything, it's going to go down. And so these mirrors were designed to give you like a 360-degree view of yourself. There was a section of the a big section, probably I'm going to say 15 feet because these bathrooms were big. They were big. They were like, I'm going to say 25 feet in diameter. Um, and there was a 16-foot section. You stood in this one spot in the middle of the floor. And when you, when you put your feet in a certain position, um, something, some sort of, uh, I'm going to say, frequency around you would change. And your entire energy system, your aura, I called it an aura back at that, at that time, would light up. And you could see if there were spots that were dark, spots that weren't functioning, spots where you were losing huge amounts of energy. Everybody learned early on what did a healthy um, light system or energy body look like. And this was a health maintenance thing. It was like checking or brushing your teeth. Um, every day you would get in front of this or stand in front of this mirror and just check your energy body. And, um, and then there were technologies. You would go sit in your, your private meditation chair and you would, you know, hook up some goggles and some, something you put in your ears and, and maybe something you'd put around a wrist or around your waist or around your leg or your foot or whatever. Um, and that would adjust your frequencies so that your energy body didn't um, disintegrate. The whole goal was to maintain your level of light and, in fact, increase it. Um, and, and I think, you know, just recently after some research I was doing um, over the last year, it was like, oh, you know, last couple of years, actually, um, you know, we're designed to evolve. And that was what people were trying to make happen. We're designed to become light, to, for the physical body to turn into light. That's what enlightenment is. And, and when you turned into light, 
you you still looked pretty physical, but um, you didn't you didn't get sick. You didn't have diff, you know a lot of the physical difficulties that we are suffering from today just did not exist, and you know we're common to that. And um, and when you left here, when you left this this dimension. You typically took your body with you because you kept all of your light. And and I have realized since then, there have been um, maybe a few people have seen photos of people who um, have died and, you know, a year, 10 years or 100 years later, their body has not deteriorated. That's because that individual was mostly light. And light doesn't disintegrate the way flesh does. So everybody is focused on, you know, having as much experience, as much wonderful experience as they can um, in this dimension and taking their entire um, system with them when they go. So it's a whole different way of seeing uh, knowing, being, and, you know, a whole different set of expectations for what is life about. And and death is really not death in the way that we think about it now. It's really just, okay, I think I, I want to go somewhere else. So, um, and to be able to take the whole self with you without having to start over, oh my <laughs> you know <laughs> that that's cuts down on the learning curve for sure and now just kind it of a, a quick matter here until that time between now and the time we reach this this uh, yeah. window down the road um right. the diet it sounds like is going to become much more plant-based for the remineralization of the body and yeah. is that is that more or less thing and then we'll move on to yeah. the consciousness element in a second I think uh, almost every single house had their own, um, it actually looked like a greenhouse attached to the main part of the house, and they called that the kitchen. <laughs> um, and the, the kitchen was, I'm going to say, uh, 50 feet in diameter at a minimum. And in that 50-foot circle, some of them were bigger, you know, some of them were like twice that, there would be plants and small trees and uh, the food that was, you know, they didn't go shopping, they went gardening. That's where they got their food. And then around the perimeter, the outside of these amazing structures, there was probably, I'm going to say 10, 12 feet of of highly cultivated uh, raised garden bed. It was actually slanted. Um, and, and then there were certain lights that flooded those garden beds outside and certain frequencies, certain sound frequencies, certain light frequencies. And so there was indoor as well as outdoor food supplies. And everybody had them. I mean, there were a few people who had a minimum of a garden, and they did get food from a nearby family, but the families weren't that close together. 
um, in physical. They weren't that physically close together. And the emphasis was on fresh, raw food. Nobody thought about cooking. There, there were no pots and pans. There were... Um, no, there was no frying. There was no uh, processed foods. There were a few things that I really got a kick out of. Everybody still made a form of tomato that they called ketchup, um, which I, you know, as I think back on, it's like, oh, that's really funny. <laughs> uh, but there were no molten lava cakes, I think it's fair to say. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, and, and people, when they were hungry, they wandered into the garden, and they picked something, and they ate until they were full. Almost everybody was in good shape physically. There were a few people who, you know, had some difficulties or um, who overate, but not really very many. Not many at all. It was very unusual to see someone who did not look really pretty physically well. And, and I had the impression more than once that we had moved so far from the 20th century or 21st century mindset. We were at that point in the 25th century. And it was, we might as well have been you know, in some other universe. It was so much change. The difference, if you can categorize the difference between, you know, like my grandma born in 1886 or 89 or whenever it was, and, you know, and dying 101 years later and saying, look at, look at where I started. We started with horse and buggies and button-up shoes and long dresses, and now we have men on the moon. And it's that kind of difference between where we are now, which is considered entirely primitive, um, and where we're going to be, even by 2080. There, you can see all of the pieces moving into place. Interesting, so we're. It sounds like one of the things that was going to start taking us there, too, was what we're already seeing. We've talked about some of it, um, these interim steps, so to speak. And one of them is extreme weather, extreme weather changes that would be occurring. You could start forcing us down the road into looking at food and growing and life on the planet differently. Yeah. Yeah, there were some really awful, and I think we've had some in this last couple of years. There were some really awful weather events. Um, the, the ability to manipulate the weather is really a very necessary skill. But, you know, on a primitive basis, stuff like that very often gets into the wrong hands, and then that has to be fixed or cleaned up, and, and people of consciousness begin to say, hey, we can't be doing this, and then they begin to use it for the real purpose, which is to manage the weather, what I'm going to call space weather, um, when as we move off the planet, we need to be able to create weather. And so we're at a very primitive stage of that development right now. And it's being misused, but, and, but we'll get there. 
That's what I was going to say. And it is in the wrong hands. And you did allude to chemtrails, which has an effect on our food supplies. If you're having those yeah. constituents, even if very best efforts are put forth, growing a lovely organic garden, if it's not a greenhouse or if it doesn't have cloth over it of some kind, you're still getting these chemicals trickling into our food supply. And this is something That's that, to me, of course, I've been on that train for about 20 years now. And Nothing seems to budget move it. No one will admit it exists. But you're just saying this is the primitive uh, misuse of a technology that's going to become necessary down the road as we continue to evolve. Yeah. yeah, so important. Let's go ahead yeah. and the consciousness level of all of this because all of this, this gathering our light, this eating beautiful foods, this living in harmony with each other in nature is leading yeah. to the potential of really elevating our expanded awareness. Yeah, that's really true. I think um, if I just started, maybe I said this in our first interview, but it bears saying again, um, we're like these little acorns, and we have this magnificent uh, oak tree that we're designed to unfold into and become. And, you know, we're still stuck in the ground and, you know, and we're getting cold and wet and starting to get moldy. <laughs> so <laughs> in the future, however, um, the focus is on unfolding the full system. So when, so two things happen. So let me go back and repeat that. Everybody is a, is a collection of frequencies. Everybody. And when I say collection, I mean your heart is one set of frequencies all working together. Your ear is another set of frequencies all working together. Um, you know, your leg, your toenails, your teeth, whatever. So um, as all of that um, material, all of those frequencies... Uh, come together, they create a human, and the human has to have a what I call a floor level of energy moving through the energy body at all times and maintaining those frequencies. We need to retune regularly. So, um, so now let's imagine that now there's just a ton of energy flowing through. It's just flown through at, at three times the rate of our normal, what we would consider our normal or usual consciousness. We have three times the consciousness. The, the energy is the consciousness. Energy is consciousness in motion. And motion is the movement of consciousness. So when, you, when we get into the future, some of it is through technology, some of it is through breathing, some of it is through um, being around advanced uh, energy bodies, people who have advanced energy. That is kind of like a tuning fork thing. It begins to shift your own energy. Um, everybody begins to expand consciousness. We are moving toward becoming fully clairvoyant, clairaudient, 
clairsentient, which is feeling, clairnascent, which is sense of smell, and clairgustant, which is taste. Um, we will know what something tastes like and what it's going to feel like in our body before we ever put it in our mouth. We will know um, the impact of somebody's words before those words ever get said because we're clairaudient and that sort of thing. So the consciousness is designed to expand and to keep on expanding until you enter into very advanced states of being in which you are awake there's no no more sleep at that point and you and there's no fatigue either when you are fully awake you no longer have night and day um that is hard to get your mind around unless you've been in those states and then you you understand um when in those advanced states of being you will know the entire history of everybody that crosses your path. Everybody, every detail about them. And so there's no privacy. Telepathy is, is, um, you know, is just a, a natural thing at that point. And so we are very different and we have learned to utilize consciousness, our individual consciousness, to restore the frequency pattern of many, many things. And so we are using it to restore the earth, to restore, you know, a lot of things. This is an amazing place. This is an excellent teaching place. And and, and we could go into that, but let me just kind of say, we end up using our consciousness to restore many of the interacting frequencies that are here um, so that other people can come here and learn and evolve and grow because it is such an excellent place to experience and learn. Absolutely. And I think one of the things you mentioned in the book, which I just did an interview with David Icke about this whole band of perceptual reality being kind of capped and kept down by lower consciousness forces um, that he calls the archontic forces. And um, yeah, and this book says the same thing. Um, Brown Robe said that your consciousness being capped into a very narrow band of perception which makes your ability to expand extremely limited because of this and i just have to tell you i wrote an email to david this morning and said i have to send you penny's book if you haven't already read it please let me know because it's kind of carried on effect from what you're talking about right now so that is really the blow off those systems of control which once we get rid of all the institutions that's a good part of it still exist within you know within the field at large but if we're waiting if we have energy if we're allowed to experience life and think differently and be creative those forces can't reach in they're not capable they're too low that's really very true i think um once people get a a grip or an understanding of what you can do with consciousness um I think they'll be absolutely intrigued, intrigued, because if you know how to use consciousness and breath, especially the two together, you can do a lot. 
you can change a lot of details, you can do a lot of healing, you can begin to understand that you really don't need a book to learn. Um, you can just have a curiosity, the information comes. And, um, and I think it's really, really important. Um, this kind of goes back to the school thing, the educational system that we have. What we have now is we put all these little kids in these desks and we tell them, sit down, be quiet, pay attention, listen to me, et cetera, et cetera. And they are prevented from moving, physically moving. And, and the, here's the tragedy. The information that they need is in the motion of the physical body. And, you know, I was just talking to somebody yesterday, one of my clients in California, and I, he said, you know, I just feel like I need to exercise or clean house or whatever. And, and I said, you know, do that because it's in the actual unusual motion of reaching, bending, stretching, you know, moving your hands in a certain way or back and forth with a vacuum cleaner, that information will come in on that movement. Consciousness is energy. Motion is energy. Energy is the movement of consciousness. When we make our kids sit in a school all day, every day, we are crippling their consciousness and capping their intelligence in, in ways that are tragic. So, you know, it's, it's about the movement. It's about the motion. It's, I can't emphasize that enough. So. I couldn't agree more, Penny. It's just a travesty when we think of what we've been doing systematically yeah. to ourselves. One generation, I know. generation, we incarnate back into this same pool again, and we're still subject to the same restrictions. So I'm glad to hear that we're approaching a time where we're all going to be busting out of this, even if it looks a little ugly along the way, bumpy along the way, and it will, and it is. it's already looking bumpy and ugly along the way and yeah it, it's okay it's okay yeah right I you know I I get really excited about the future um and I then I look out at the world and go oh dear <laughs> and then I get really excited and you know I go back and forth and we're gonna come to we've already passed the first test you know, really the first test was electing Trump, which, you know, I have a little thing on my website called, it's an ebook called Trump and the Sting. And it really kind of lays out that we have passed the first test, which is the trickster setup. And, and I won't go into all that at this point in time, but it's really, um, there's going to be a couple more tests in which we have to make big group decisions and and we have you know and we will win or lose based on those big group decisions and then you know the final decision there's there's you know a few biggies coming but the final decision is going to be forgiveness and i'm looking out at the number of angry people and going oh dear you know how are we going to you know, how are we going to get people to forgive? Um, so that's, you know, that's, it's coming at us. 
and we've got a little bit of time, but, um, you know, I'm, I am concerned about, you know, and I was concerned even before the last election. It's like, we have what to choose from? <laughs> we have what? Um, you know, we just, it just really was, um, I think a huge challenge for a lot of, and still is for a lot of people. And they're not seeing the deeper civilizational choices or tests that we're going through as a group. And we're here as a group. This is a, the whole civilization. How do you pull such disparate pieces together into a functioning, peaceful, absolutely powerfully creative group that's our task at the same time in the book it says once all of this change does occur and it will occur they say they it will occur we do come to harmony and peace with one another in the kind of life you're talking about and just i just want to toss out one kind of fun little thing too in there that i found in the way of um we, now we've talked about how we feed our bodies, we heal our bodies with light and sound and color and nutrients and stuff like that. These mirrors that reflect back what's going on in our aura. When it comes to our clothing, okay, <laughs> it, it was really oh, yeah. wonderful. It talked about these these machines that, that will scan your body and then they create right. a pattern for your body and then you have these natural textiles and you can and then it shows you on a screen a computer didn't know what it was at the time what that finished outfit will look like and then you can make amendments to it and it will spit a pattern out for you so you can design your own clothing as well as kind of a fun work that's really true i was amazed by that because i was a seamstress for you know the first half of my life and when i saw that it was like oh wow (laughs) okay yeah and you you actually could see the clothing on you you know and how it was going to look on your particular body and um and and later the clothing just was uh, like 3D printed or manifested, um, and it fit perfectly, and it moved with you like second skin. It was amazing. Okay, that's another perk of the future. Um, but until then, in the, in the interim, as we've spoken about before, we have to go through these um, processes of change, and while we are here as a civilization, as a disparate group of individuals, we are individuals, and it's still up to each one of us sounds, to make these decisions. We can live in that way right now if we want, from our falling in love to procreation, the way we raise our children, the way we feed our bodies. Um, we already have those options available to us. So in a conclusion, right. let's talk about the final thing we have to say about where we are and then how we get where we're going with grace. Well, um, there's two things that that I would say to people. Um, you know, prepare prepare to to take responsibility for yourself and your life. When I have to say, if I want to be honest, with the little men in brown robes, the United States did not really survive in its current form. That was a rough patch for us. But 
I already mentioned, it was the passion of the young people who said, no, just do this instead, that, you know, that brought us through. And I, you know, I found that to be utterly amazing um, when I was with the robes. And, and so where, how we get, where we're at right now is a lot of angry people, a lot of scared people. And they've been educated to be angry. They've been educated to be afraid. And they've been educated to not trust their own love. We spend a huge amount of time psychologizing ourselves. You know, oh, I shouldn't feel that way because that means I'm this, or I shouldn't think that way because that means, you know, and, and we're stamping ourselves with all of these psychological labels. And, you know, I'm like, stop, stop that. You're a normal human being. You have normal passions and normal faults. And, and you know, let's do some critical thinking. Let's put all this stuff together and say, okay, what can we make with this? Where can we go with this? If the time of nations is over, and mind you, you know, I have looked at this whole nation thing a couple times and thought, oh, but I want the U.S. to survive. You know, I want the nation system to survive. It's not going to. It it just doesn't. Um, you know, the people who have the New World Order ideas, they aren't going to get their way. And the ones who are trying to keep the nations are not going to get their way. So there's a third way, a third path that really takes into account all of the new tools, all of the new thinking. And, and I think we're going to hit that new path where it's going to start opening. We're so close to it right now. I'm like, oh, my gosh. You know, so in the next year or two, we're going to embark along that path and begin to see the pieces. And we have to travel that and trust our love. If you don't think something is good, then step back and, and, and really look at that. You know, why? Is it all programming? Or is there something intuitive that I'm knowing that says, uh-uh, that's not honorable, or that's not ethical, or that's not fair, or that doesn't make sense, or that doesn't lead to um, something that can be sustained without a ton of money and physical labor? So we have to begin to really look deeply at what we're doing the whole focus on cell phones and computers and screens, et cetera, et cetera, that is a prologue to developing what I call a mental screen or the observer screen in your own consciousness, in which you can kind of step away from your own self, look at what's appearing on your screen, and assess where is that going. And, you know, and let your intuition flow. Trust your love, you know, and, and work on things that irritate you or that, you know, upset you, etc., or that make you fearful. If it's some fear that you cannot get rid of, absolutely cannot get rid of, then usually it's because it's a legitimate fear and you need to prepare. 
If it's something that you're thinking, well, I should do this because everybody's doing it, but I just don't get it, you know, A, either there's going to be a lesson for you or B, it doesn't affect you. Trust your own consciousness, your own intuition, and we'll get there. It's a little rough between now and 2025. Um, We hit the peak of recognizing that we're never going to go back. That peak is hit by Thanksgiving of 2021. Then we move forward from there, a little shaky. Um, There's still some groups that would like to, um, you know, shoot things up. Um, But those are getting less and less by 2025 to 2030. And by 2030 through 2050, it's innovation. I mean, we're actually, the innovation is going to be starting already, the beginning stages of it. If you're looking for it, you can get on board um, early. I've said to people, the reason for looking ahead for intuition, for clairvoyance, is so that you can see, do I want that? Or do I need to do something different? Do I need to change that? Can I change that? Other, otherwise, you know, why look ahead? I agree. So, that's part of our functional reality is to be able to use our, I don't even say God-given, our innate abilities. We are all innately wired for that intuitive capacity. We're right. just tapped into it for a variety of reasons, and that will be our survival. I, I totally agree. That's right. And maybe another thing, maybe it's time for those people over 35, 40 years old to have a little bit of humility and instead and flip the story, instead of respecting your elders, maybe we need to start respecting the youth, right? Yeah, I think that's true. If we aren't teaching that, that group, that, those youth, how to be honorable and ethical, and we're not supporting them, nurturing them when they make mistakes and feel bad about something. You know, it's okay. It's okay. Uh, Things can be fixed. Things can be adjusted. Um, You know, when I had my children, I, my commitment at that point was I'm going to raise adults. I'm going to raise people who think who feel, who have honor, who have integrity, who are, uh, I wanted to see them step into their power. And so that's what I tell my students, you know, if they come into my class, I'm after your power for you so that you will use it because that's what we need is people who trust their love and the power of that love and then take that into the future and, and are willing have an impact they're willing to make a difference so absolutely well penny i've just so much enjoyed my time with you and actually i'm hoping to come stay at your little b&b this summer i need to go online and book a reservation and and see the wonderful that you grow and experience this life that you've created uh in part by the inspiration of the robes if not largely uh, due to the yeah. of the robes. Um, again, your website yeah. is Consciousness on Fire. Is that correct? Yeah, it's actually you can get there through pennykelly.com or consciousnessonfire.com. Either one. They both go to the same place. Okay. And Robes, a book of coming changes is available at Amazon. If they're out, just be patient. It'll be back in a few days or a week. It'll be back yeah. in stock. So I can't encourage you enough to pick up a copy of Penny's book. 
So until yeah. next time, Penny, um, thank you again so much for everything you do. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being there and for inviting me to come on. It's really great. So have a wonderful day. Thank you. And for all of you, I thank you all for joining us here on ReginaMeredith.com. <laughs>